Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. 1 John 5.11, this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Couldn't get simpler than that. And that's the part of the old things also, that, 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 that he is the only spiritual life. And the life is, comes by knowing him. And to know him is not through human study. You don't come to know him through a human study. We come to know him by a divine revelation. It's revealed. And that's part of the all things. The revelation, as it says in Luke 10.22, Luke 10.22, all things are delivered to me and my Father. No man knoweth who the Son is but the Father, and who the Father is but the Son, and he to whom the Son will reveal him. He alone is the only revealer of who he is and who God the Father is. And it's that knowledge of, uh, that brings eternal life. And that knowledge only comes by revelation, and he's the only revealer. He's the only revealer. There's no other God, there's no other revealer of God except the Lord Jesus Christ. I just came back, as you know, I just came back from Japan when I was at a business dinner meeting, business dinner meeting, and, th- and this one night was uh, Thursday night. And it was Thursday night at this dinner, di- this dinner meeting where I was told by a businessman in Japan, we have eight million gods here in Japan. Eight million gods. <laughs> eight million gods. I said, have, I, have you got a list of them? <laughs> you got them in a book or something? Where is the eight names of the eight million gods? Not one of those gods is the Lord Jesus Christ. Not one. Only the Lord Jesus Christ has all things delivered to him. No one else. No other one. None of the eight million gods has all things delivered to him. All creation, all power, all rulership, all preeminence, all honor, all judgment, all salvation, all life, all revelation delivered into his hand. That's what's illustrated in what Joseph says in verse 9, God hath made me ruler of all Egypt. Now, Joseph then goes on, and he says what his real desire is. He's revealing his real heart here. And he says in verse 9, Haste ye, go up to my father, say unto him, Thou thus saith thy son Joseph, God hath made me ruler over all Egypt. Come down unto me, he says. Come down unto me, tarry not. 
Now, he emphasizes this, this, this reason for them to come down to Egypt, come down unto me in the next verse when he says in verse 10, verse 10, thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen, thou shalt be near unto me, thou and thy son, thy children, thy children, thy children's children, thy flocks, thy herds, all that thou hast. So these statements come down unto me, thou shalt be near unto me. It's clear that Joseph wants his family to be near him. He wanted them to be near to him to, so that he could nourish them in verse 11. There will I nourish thee, for yet there are five years of famine, lest thou and thy household and all that has come to poverty. He said, come down to me. For He says, come down unto me so I can nourish you. He didn't say, you know, come, come over here for a visit and then go home, you know, and, and I'll send you home. And, and then you just continue to live where you've lived and you just continue to live in the home, your familiar home. You just continue to live in the country where you're familiar with. Just continue to live among the people that you've known. Don't bother moving to, into Egypt. Just continue to stay where you are, and I'll send you everything you need, and I'll come for a visit once in a while, and you come for a visit once in a while, just like people who are separated from coast to coast, and they get together during Thanksgiving. That's not what he was saying. What he was saying was he's saying, Leave it all behind. Leave it all behind. Leave the house you've lived in. Leave the country you're familiar with. Leave your friends that you've known. Forsake it all for one attraction, one reason. He's asking his father to leave everything, to come to a foreign country, to be among people he hasn't known, a tremendous sacrifice, tremendous sacrifice, and they're all to do it for one attraction, one attraction only. And that attraction is in verse 10, thou shalt be near unto me. Thou shalt be near unto me. I mean, Jacob is old. And you know, you, you know what happens when we get old? <laughs> we like the familiar. We like the well-known. We like the predictable. You know, we were young and we did all the adventure, but now that's all gone now. Now we're old. And especially when we're old, we don't like changes. We don't like unknown. We don't like unpredictable. And Jacob's old. And Jacob is, and, and, and Joseph is asking Jacob, come to a new country, a new home, a new people. And that's very traumatic. And it's just very disturbing for Jacob. And what was the only reason that he gives in verse 10? Thou shalt be near unto me. Thou shalt be near. That's the only reason for Jacob and his family to leave it all and come. And that's why it's very important for Joseph that the invitation to verse 10 would, would be followed by the reason, you know, move down here because you'll be near unto me. And when we get old, and we are old, some of us, and just like Jacob, we don't like change. You know, we don't, we like predictable. We like familiar. We like well known. You know, heaven for us is like Goshen to Jacob. For us, heaven has changed. Let's face it. Heaven is unfamiliar. Heaven is not known. Heaven is unpredictable. And if we're be honest, then we're going to say something like, you know, I'm really quite comfortable down here. Thank you very much. I mean, I know where my house is. I know where everything is in my house. You know, I know where the grocery store is. I know where everything is on what aisle in the grocery store. I know where the pharmacy is. I know where the doctor is. I'm very comfortable. I'm settled. Fine. Thank you. And the idea of leaving all this to go to some unknown place called heaven, that's very disruptive. It's very disturbing. And just like for Jacob, 
to, 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 to leave it all and go to this unknown place called Goshen. You know, but there's one tr- attraction that Joseph gave to Jacob, thou shalt be near unto me. And there's one attraction that makes us willing to leave it all for heaven. And that attraction is the same as our heavenly Joseph gave, the, the, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. When Joseph said, thou shalt be near unto me, the Lord Jesus Christ said in John 14.3, John 14.3, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Come near unto me. Thou shalt be near unto me. Both said the same thing. Joseph said, thou shalt be near unto me. The Lord Jesus says, where I am, there ye may be also. Now, <clears throat> Joseph's intention was to position his family in the very best land of Egypt, right at the top of Egypt, where, you know, the Nile flows north, where the Nile empties into the Mediterranean Sea after the Nile has traveled its longest distance, thousands of miles from Lake Victoria and the center of Africa, and it's collected all the most amount of the nutrients it can get from thousands of miles it travels north over this rich soil land through Ethiopia. And after the land, after the Nile has gathered the most crop-enriching minerals that it can possibly hold, It dumps it all in the land of Goshen before it goes into the Mediterranean. And that's the land that Joseph has selected for his family. Can't you just see Joseph? He didn't know about Goshen when he got there. But all of a sudden, we learned as soon as he was made commander, made ruler there, he travels over all the land of Egypt. That's what he had to do in his survey trips. And he starts out, and and, and, and as soon as he's commissioned, and he he gets to know the whole land of Egypt Really well. Now, Joseph, his family, they're herdsmen. He's a herdsman. So he knows what's the best land for cattle. And Joseph comes to the north there. He comes to the land of Goshen, and he sees that land, and he said, this is the best land for cattle in all the land of Egypt. It's so, and and it's great. It's close to where I live. And if I ever have the chance, boy, I would love to see my family with their cattle live on this land. Oh, wouldn't this be great? And so all during these years that Joseph is is, is, is taking care of Egypt. He's daydreaming about the land of Goshen and he's thinking to himself, boy, do I remember how hard it was for our family to find good grazing for our cattle. As a matter of fact, I remember, last thing I remember, <laughs> as a matter of fact, is how my brothers had to go 100 miles away from, from home to find this good grazing for our livestock. And as a matter of fact, that's where I found them, near Shechem, and I ended up in a pit there. But anyway, never mind that. It was sure hard to find good grazing. And, 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 but this land of Goshen, what a dream. Oh, if only my family could have their flocks in this land here. Their flocks would just fatten up, be so productive. So he keeps thinking about this. This land of Goshen, especially during these seven years of plenty, when he sees the land of Goshen just explode in productivity more than any other part of Egypt. And Joseph is just wishing that, you know, somehow, someday, my family could live in the land of Goshen with their flocks. And he's thinking to himself, how could that ever be possible when they don't even know where I am or who I am? But remember that Joseph... He moved people around in Egypt. That's what he ended up doing. And in his rulership role, he, 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 can't, he says, you know, I think I'll just kind of move the people off this land. Get it ready. Someday, maybe. 
And when we see Joseph spying out the land of Egypt, the land of, and finding this land of Goshen, he's spying out the land of Goshen, preparing for the day when he could move his family there. That's an illustration. That's an illustration of what the Lord was doing with the land of Israel to keep it for the day when the Lord could move his family of Jewish people of Israel onto that land. And he talked about it in Ezekiel 20, verse 5. Ezekiel 20, verse 5, he said, Say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, In the day when I chose Israel and lifted up mine hand unto the seed of the house of Jacob and made myself known unto them in the land of Egypt, when I lifted up mine hand unto them, saying, I am the Lord your God, in that day that I lifted up my hand unto them, to bring them forth out of the land of Egypt unto a land that I had espied for them, unto a land that I had a land flowing with milk and honey, which is the glory of all lands. Now, just like Joseph, he looks over. God looks just like Joseph. He looked over all the land of Egypt. He saw that oh, there's one part. Wow, that's great. The land of Goshen, very special the best of all the land of Egypt. In the same way, God looks over all the earth and God said, I found the land. I found this one land. It's so special. It's the best land of all the earth. It's what God meant. And when he said in Ezekiel 20, verse six, a land that I espied for them flowing with milk and honey, which is the glory of all lands. So just as Joseph found a land that he had spied for his family, which was the glory of all the land of Egypt, that's the land of Goshen, so the Lord finds this special land that he espied for the Jewish people. He calls it a land land flowing with milk and honey, a land of Israel, which God calls the glory of all lands. I don't know if you see the land of Israel that way. (laughs) I don't know if you see the land of Israel as Ezekiel 20, verse 6, the glory of all lands. Do you see the land of Israel as the glory of all lands of the earth? In comparison to Maui? Is that how you see Israel? The glory of all lands of the earth? I mean, the land of Israel is like San Diego County. And when Cheryl and I first visited in 1987, she said, where's the landscape? (laughs) <laughs> Everything here is, she said, dry gulch. You know, it, it seemed like all the money was going for defense and not for beautifying the land. Kind of like San Diego where there's no sprinklers. Yeah. And, and, and when God saw, but when God saw the land of Israel, he calls it the glory of all lands flowing with milk and honey. So he's, look, he's looking, he's looking at, at Israel and he, and he, and he, and what you clearly see is that God's seeing into the future, of and not what it is back in 1987. It's getting a little better now. But in that sense, we are like the land of Israel that God looks at, and he sees what we will become in the Lord, not what we are today. But God saw the land of Israel, and he said, that's the land I'm going to keep for the Jewish people for Israel And just as God saw the land of Israel and kept it for that day, that he would plant the Jewish people there, so Joseph saw that land of Goshen and kept it for that day that he hoped when he he might be able to plant his family there. But all Joseph could do was hope. All he could do was hope for the day when he could plant his family there on that land of Goshen because his family had no idea where he was, who he was. So he just hoped for that day. And during those years of hope, 
Joseph just kind of tucked that wish away in his pocket, just kind of stuck in his pocket while he was going through his years of service for Pharaoh and the people of Egypt preparing for the famine. Till this chapter of this joyful time, this joyful family reunion, and the height of emotion here. He's crying his heart out, and he real, and then he, and then in the heat of all this excitement, Joseph just blurts out in verse 10, thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen. Thou shalt be near unto me, thou thy children, thy children's children, thy flocks, thy herds, and all that thou hast. So finally, Joseph could see the dream of his family in the land of Goshen come true, and he just can't contain himself, and he says, Goshen, Goshen. He says, you've never seen the land like a land of Goshen. I've always dreamed of you living with your flocks in the land of Goshen. It's perfect. Believe me, uh, you've never seen anything like it. I'm so excited about the land of Goshen. That's going to be your new home. You're going to love it. And so in his excitement, he just says, thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen, be near me, and so forth. He's so excited about the realization of his vision that he's been mulling on in his heart for so many years that he says, and he tells his brother, you're going to live in the land of Goshen. He's just so excited. He just, he sees the, his, he's, he sees his brother's children flourishing there, and then he sees his brother's children's children flourishing there. He's so happy, and he tells them he can see flocks and so forth, and he just blurts out, Verse 10, thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen. There's just one little problem. And that problem is, and he kind of remembered it after Joseph calmed down. Joseph hasn't asked Pharaoh (laughs) if his family can live in the land of Goshen. So you can see Joseph saying, oh, yeah, I guess I kind of jumped the gun here. I didn't really get permission from Pharaoh that you can be in the land of Goshen. He can say, and I kind of told him, you're going to live in the land of Goshen. He says, yeah, i got to really ask Pharaoh if it's okay. So he remembers that, and he thinks to himself, boy, am I glad that I put all the Egyptians out of this room. Because about the last thing I need is for any Egyptian to go to Pharaoh and say, you know what Joseph just did? He just promised to give his whole family this whole land of, of, of Goshen. He didn't even ask you. And that would have gotten Joseph in trouble. So after Joseph blurts out this verse 10, thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen, we can imagine Joseph saying to his brothers, now look, uh, about this matter of living in the land of Goshen, could you just not say anything to anybody about this, especially any Egyptian, till I kind of get this straightened out with Pharaoh? And he probably explained to them that, you know, look, we got to ask Pharaoh first. And he kind of probably, probably winked his eye. You know, and he reminded them that, you know, I am your brother, and I kind of know how to manipulate, you know. And so I learned a few things from you guys. So when Pharaoh rem- when, when Joseph remembers this, that he had to get the permission for the land of, of Goshen, then, and then, and then he kind of comes up with a plan. Joseph comes up with a plan. How to get Pharaoh to agree for his family to be allowed to live in the land of Goshen. And then, and then Joseph enacts his plan. He rehearses it with his brothers, with, 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 with his father. He said, now look, you know, I'm going to bring you in to meet with Pharaoh. Now look, you guys got to get this straight. And so he goes over this whole plan in Genesis 46, 31. Genesis 46, 31. Genesis 46, 31, where he says, Joseph said unto his brethren, unto his father, says, look, here's the plan. I will go up and show Pharaoh and say unto him, my brethren and my father's house, which were in the land of Canaan, are come unto me. And I'm going to say, the men are shepherds, for their trade hath been to feed cattle, and they brought their flocks and their herds that they have. I'm not going to say anything about Goshen. 
I'm just going to like set the stage for you guys. I'm going to tell them all you shepherds, shepherds. Oh, color them shepherds. They're shepherds. They'll, they'll, they'll smell like they're shepherds. They will. And then he says in verse 33 in Genesis 46, 33, and it shall come to pass when Pharaoh shall call you and shall say, what is your occupation? You shall say, thy servant's trade hath been about cattle from our youth even until now, both we and also our fathers that ye may dwell in the land of Goshen. For every shepherd is an abomination unto the Egyptians. So this is Joseph's, now look you guys, here's the plan. I'm gonna bring you in to meet Pharaoh. He's gonna, I'm gonna tell him that you're, you're shepherds and, and he's gonna ask you what your occupation is and you're gonna say, we are shepherds. Oi, are we shepherds? <laughs> That's all we've known since we were born as shepherding. Oh, do we shepherd, we shepherd. Our father shepherded, we shepherd. That's all we ever talk about when we sit down is shepherding. And then Pharaoh's gonna say, well, well, I and the Egyptians, we hate shepherds. <laughs> we hate shepherding. So, 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 so it, it, now, uh, <clears throat> and now you mentioned the land of Goshen, see? And, because I can't do this for you. And, you know, you gotta say Goshen. You got it? They go, got it. And his brothers say, you got it? Got it. No problem, joy boy. Where it's a piece of cake. We're gonna take care of it. We're, we're, we're good at playing roles. Leave it to us. So when they come down into Egypt and Joseph just conveniently places them in the land of Goshen, he said, okay, you guys kind of stay here like a holding place. And, and, and then Pharaoh, until Pharaoh decides where you're going to be. So the time comes when Joseph presents his brothers to Pharaoh. And by the way, Joseph takes the best five actors out of his brothers. I'm sure Judah was one of them. And he presents them, and he says, now don't be shy, exercise a little chutzpah here, that you want to live in the land of Goshen. Say Goshen. And that's what they did in Genesis 47.1. Genesis 47.1 tells us, Joseph came, told Pharaoh, said, my father and my brethren, my flocks, their herds, and all that they have are come out of the land of Canaan. Behold, they are in the land of Goshen. What do you know about that? Just happened to be there. And he took some of his brethren, even five men, and presented them to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said unto his brethren, what is your occupation? He said, okay, here it goes. It's going like clockwork. And they said unto Pharaoh, thy servants are shepherds, both we and also our fathers. (laughs) And, And they said, moreover unto Pharaoh, for to sojourn in the land are we come, for thy servants have no pasture for their flocks, for the famine is sore in the land of Canaan. Now, therefore, we pray thee, let thy servants dwell in the land of Goshen. Let us stay there. And Pharaoh spake unto Joseph, saying, Thy father, thy brethren are come unto thee. The land of Egypt is before thee, and the best of the land. Make thy father and thy brethren to dwell in the land of Goshen. Let them dwell. And if thou knowest any men of activity among them, make them rulers over my cattle. So Pharaoh agreed. Pharaoh agreed, and that's how the Jewish people got to live in the best of the land of Egypt in Goshen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for taking care of your people, Lord. Thank you so much for choosing a place where your people could flourish and multiply and go from 70-some-odd souls up to millions. And Lord, we thank you, too, for, as we see this, how you take care of us. And the finest of wheat, the best of honey you give to us, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. 
Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711-330, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. Do you have fatigue or trouble getting out of bed or just getting through the day? Are you so tired you can't focus? Do you feel like your life is drained away? Do you have fibromyalgia headaches? I have good news for you. Our doctors at Scanabody's Imaging and Therapy can give you cellular ozone therapy. Why not get your energy back now by calling us at 1-888-529-9016 or visit us at treatmyfatigue.com. 